Welcome to the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast featuring Keith. We are three guys talking all things sports and sports gambling, primarily focused on college football and the NFL. Every episode, we put our money where our mouth is, sharing our locks of the week. Through 16 episodes, we are 34, 34, and 2 overall for a clean 50% record to wrap up our 2020 action. This week, we recap the college football playoffs and our predictions for the national championship game. After that, we do a brief 2020 recap, since no one wants to think about last year any more than they already have. Then we move into NFL week 17 in the first round of the playoffs before easing into some very basic NBA discussion. Having said all of that, let's go ahead and get right into the swing of things. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Keith. Episode 17, January 6, 2021. Welcome back, boys. Crazy, crazy week of football, as always. Seems to be a occurring theme this year. College football playoffs wrapped up this past weekend, as well as week 17 in the NFL. Before we get into all of that, catch up with the boys real quick. Keith, moving into your new house, didn't make any locks last week, whereas Zach went 1-1 one and one and I went 2-1 and one overall. Keith, how's the house coming along so far? It's coming. You know, still a lot of work to do before we uh, get moved in toward the end of the month, but it's coming along now. Nicely. Good to hear. Good to hear. And also, in good news, Iowa finally moving along with bringing in DraftKings Sportsbook. So, Zach finally got the upgrade. Congratulations, Zach. It's also something to be proud of. Yes, sir. I don't have to go to a casino two and a half hours away to register the books anymore. I can just I can just sit at home, bet my phone. It's a little bit dangerous. I'm not going to lie, but it's nice for sure. Like I said earlier in the week to both of you, you know, Keith doesn't quite have the luxury of being able to make bets from his toilets like the two of us do, but you know, we all do have access to drafting, so <laughs> good problem either way. Yeah, it must be nice. I have to drive one state either north or south, so I have a little bit farther to go than, than y'all do. At least you don't live in Iowa. Small trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to think of it. It's the little things that count, right? It's the little things. Just like I said last episode, it feels like it's been a while since we recorded. I don't know why that is, but for our locks, we did go three and two. Zach went one and one, winning his NFL game and losing his college lock, whereas I won both of my college locks and lost my NFL. Let's go ahead and just do a quick little recap of college football. There was some pretty interesting bowl games. It was kind of a weird year for the bowl season between COVID injuries, opt-outs, things of that nature. So if you wanted to make money betting on the bowls, you know, if you kept good track of the news and you could definitely do that. And if you didn't, then you could have gotten taken from for some easy money, uh, a lot of line movements. In particular, All State versus San Jose State was one of my locks. Ball State was plus 10 in that game, and they absolutely dominated. San Jose State was absolutely demolished by a number of players and coaches that were not available for that game. Good odds on the money line. I actually bet it before the game, uh, despite locking up plus 10. I got some money on that as well, so that was nice. There were some surprises. Uh, Cincinnati played pretty well versus Georgia. Georgia came through with that win. I know that one killed Zach's lock, unfortunately, but very very, very good game. Some other games that weren't as good, uh, Alabama beating Notre Dame in the college football playoffs, 31 to 14. But whenever your team's not going to win a game, the ultimate moral victory is covering the spread. And Notre Dame did just that, covering the 20 points in garbage time. So I guess that's kind of a consolation, Keith, for your Notre Dame fandom. Yeah, man, the Irish covered with dignity. Can't really complain. Should have had another touchdown at the end, but that was wiped off the board with an illegal shift penalty. It's real frustrating to see guys not knowing when they can stay in motion versus when they have to come set before the snap. As a football mind myself, you know, I, I tend to to want to know those things, but just a mental mistake at the end to wipe seven points off the board and make the game a little bit more respectable. But hey, covers a cover. 
Tell you what, over under 65 and a half in that game, 31-14, clearly the under hit. I definitely expected this game to be a little higher scoring from both sides, honestly. Bama's defense has been pretty awful this year. They have grad transfer as one of their corners and a true freshman as their other, I believe. So I actually figured they would give up more than 14 points, but I guess for Notre Dame, it was probably pretty demoralizing to lose the week before to Clemson. So so yeah, that was uh, one of the college football semifinal games. And the other one was one that none of us predicted. Clemson losing to Ohio State was going to be our WT game of the week WTF Ohio State ultimately won 49 to 28 Clemson was a seven point favorite at kickoff and Ohio State had around plus 220 money line odds depending on your book Clemson was getting 67% of the public bets according to action sports app as we mentioned last week Clemson was 4-0 all time against the Buckeyes straight up definitely didn't touch Ohio State futures but apparently those were around plus 550 prior to the semifinal game they were also plus 220 odds on the money line against Bama so watch this game I'm sure you guys did as well Clemson did not come out looking ready to play I totally thought after how they played versus Notre Dame that they would be looking better Justin Fields slightly banged up with some injuries that man can ball he got totally demolished on a couple different plays and the dude just kept going out there I know this was kind of a revenge game for Ohio State on top of the fact that Dabo Sweeney is an idiot hasn't been talking shit all season Um, next episode guys we will actually have a college football Zach and Jack sports betting podcast top 10 poll I will be putting Clemson at number 11, so just a quick <laughs> heads up. But what do you guys think about this game? This game was a really satisfying watch, mostly because, like you said, all the Dabo talk going into it. And he tried to pull back on that a little bit after the fact, like bringing up that he said Ohio State could beat them. Blah, 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 blah. We know Dabo doesn't actually believe half the things he said. So I'm I'm not an Ohio State fan by any means. I'm not a Clemson fan. Both of the fan bases are a little too much online. But this game, I was really pulling for Ohio State, and I didn't think they had much of a chance. Like you said, I was leaning Clemson. I bet Clemson and Ohio State just hit him right in the mouth. Justin Fields looked, at least for this game, like the better quarterback on the field. Like you said, he balled out. He took that shot to the ribs, which I want to say that if it's going to be targeting, players shouldn't get kicked out for that, especially in a big game like that. That was definitely a tough loss for their defense, but their defense was getting shredded the whole day anyway by Fields and Sermon. So I don't think that really made a difference in this game. But like you said, six touchdowns for Justin Fields. He also really helped his draft stock after he looked pretty rough against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game and a couple other games this year he's looked just kind of off and he really helped himself out with that game against Clemson yeah Phil stepped up in a big spot I had this game on in the background while I was doing home stuff but intermittently between tasks and chores and so forth I I was checking that out and there were a few plays I saw that Justin Fields was just throwing absolute lasers so I guess his thumb wasn't too badly hurt it's funny because Georgia fans got to be kicking themselves or at least feeling bad about themselves because they could have had this if not for the University of Georgia having a racist baseball player. You can feel free to look up the history on that one. Uh, that caused Justin Fields to transfer. So once again, Georgia is going to be Georgia and we, we have to take the opportunity to remind them that any chance we can. It's something with that state because, you know, the Falcons going to Falcon, Georgia going to Georgia. Georgia's going to Georgia. I think there's a couple chemical plants around Atlanta, something like that. It's the only explanation I can think of. College football playoff national championship game is going to be Monday, January 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be between Ohio State and Alabama. Alabama is currently, as of the time of this recording, eight and a half point favorite in that game. And we have an absolutely ridiculous total over under 75 and a half. Ohio State money line plus 220. Alabama money line minus 286. Seems like all of us are going to be fading this one most likely. Before we get any further about discussing that game, let's just give a little quick little bit of news. Devontae Smith, Zach, I know you want to just give this little breakdown. Heisman Trophy winner, baby. 
Yes, sir. First time a wide receiver's won it since 1991 when Desmond Howard won it for Michigan. He's the first non-quarterback to win it since, I believe, Derrick Henry a few years back. So, like you said, I called this at plus 1,000. I'm glad the voters did him right and chose him. You thought Lawrence was going to get a little buzz, and he did, but he finished second overall, and he's, you know, he's going to be probably the best college football player ever to not win a Heisman. Regardless, you know, he had a good career. Yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner, plus 1,000. Got it. I saw somebody online put like two separate bets on him at plus 3,000 to win it. And then he came back when Devontae Smith was plus 550 and bet two more times. He obviously made out really well. Good for that guy, too, because the fact that the Heisman wasn't presented until the new year, he doesn't have to pay taxes on it till next year. So props on that. Great call. Futures bets for the win. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty interesting call. And like you said, you know, you did put it on the watch list essentially at plus 2,000, but to actually get it at plus 1,000, if only you had locked that, it would have just broke you even for all of 2020, for all of your locks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it makes up for some of the ones I've missed on. I've, it's at least recorded history that, that I've got that, that W on my under my belt. So I'll take it. It is in there. Anybody wants to go back and listen, I believe, episode 14? Something like that. Close enough, right around that area, but go back and listen to our old podcast. You can hear all the stupid shit I say. Anyways, I have a piece of news I would like to share with you gentlemen before we talk a little bit further about the game. Bring it on. I know we love controversial tweets from people within the college football world, and instead of Dabo Sweeney saying some stuff about Ohio State, obviously, Nick Saban's daughter, Kristen Saban Cetus, had to go out and tweet. I did see this. I actually went to school with this girl in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> in middle school, and she had a crush on me. She wasn't very pretty back then, but once uh, she got a little bit of daddy's money when she got older, she suddenly got pretty good looking, so I digress from that. Wait, is that story true? Totally went to school with her. Nick Saban was LSU's coach, St. Aloysius, sixth grade. He actually had a crush on you yeah she i missed the boat dude i mean i peaked in middle school you dropped the ball we're taking a weird sidebar here but imagine that that wedding man that wedding would have been extravagant dude if you if you only knew about this girl but anyway kristen saban is now married she goes by kristen saban cetus on tuesday she tweeted out if you're not confident to play then say it call bs on the covid cases they're just worried about their quarterback and want him to have more time to heal if he's hurt put in your backup you didn't see us postpone the rest of the season to wait for waddle i obviously referring to uh injured star wide receiver jalen waddle and justin fields injury Uh, so kristen saban nick saban's daughter is claiming that ohio state is trying to have the college football national championship game postponed it's just so insensitive completely ridiculous i'll let you guys say your piece on this in a second but i gotta share real quick as well Kristen saban cetus has also deleted her twitter account after a ton of backlash uh, my favorite tweet in response was from cardell jones saying i quote sure you want to face another backup from osu you know what happened last time right end quote yeah Kristen saban no longer has a twitter account so thought that was pretty ridiculous and very funny these guys are just fueling the fire to give Ohio State motivation to win this game. Like, if you would have told me before the season who was going to win, Bama. Taking Bama or Clemson, like, that's it. And at this rate, like, there's just so much fuel, like I said, trying to get those Ohio State players to win. So, didn't think they were going to beat Clemson. Probably don't think they're going to beat Bama. But, man, I just don't feel confident enough to bet this game based on, you know, stupid information like this. But I definitely find it entertaining. Tough way to go out on Twitter in a blaze of glory. You need to let the people know what you could have had. You'd have to hire her, a, a you know, social media manager, though, because that's just whack. I'd delete my Twitter, too, if that blew up. 
That's a, that's just a bad. That's a bad take. It's very true. The butterfly effect. Things would be a lot different. Yeah, she had like three point five thousand replies uh, to her tweet before the account was ultimately deleted. So a lot of notifications. She will never ever use social media ever again. Thought that was pretty crazy. But yeah, like I said, um, Ohio State does have some COVID concerns. Uh, there was talks about potentially moving back the national championship game. Like I said already, I think I'm going to have to fade this game completely, guys. Over under is way too high, and you know both these teams showed they can score, but just like last week. Bama played a pretty tight game relative to the rest of their games this season, only scoring 31 points. Got to fade the over-under. Spread is just a little bit too wide. Uh, maybe Ohio State in a teaser with an NFL game or two might be a smart play, but as of this recording, I currently have no action on this game and no plans to bet on it. Yeah, no thank you. I'm just going to kick it and watch this game and try to enjoy myself, even though the inevitability of Alabama winning another national championship looms over this whole affair. And if by some miracle Ohio State wins, then I will be right there to remind Georgia fans what they could have had. So either way, I get to really enjoy myself. I've got to be thinking you're rooting for Bama just from the fact that you've talked so much shit about the Big Ten this year that it would look kind of bad if they ultimately won. Uh, I just think it would be kind of ironic. Oh, no, the shit talk about the Big Ten is is about all the non-Ohio State schools. Like, I'm not going to, you know, front and pretend that Ohio State is down in the mud with all the rest of the drivel in that conference. We, we all know who the Golden Goose is for the Big Ten, and, you know, I'm not going to overlook them. Northwestern. Northwestern, baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. They got all those smart graduates and whatnot. Yeah, it's bringing up a lot of bad memories from the first couple of weeks of the Big Ten season, so let's not revisit that. But <laughs> I guess you can give the Big Ten some credit for shoehorning Ohio State into the Big Ten championship and thus the college football playoff, but that's that's about all the, the credit the Big Ten deserves. Their crazy plan somehow worked out. I know they didn't intend it to go this way, but whatever works, right? Uh, Zach, how are you feeling about this game? Like you guys said, I'm, I don't think I'm touching it money-wise. I put a futures bet on Alabama winning the national championship game back in either early November or late October, somewhere around there. I have, you know, money on Bama in advance and I got a lot better odds than the minus 290 money line. Obviously, I'm I'm pulling for Bama a little bit in this one as well. But it wants to be a good game. Hopefully, they score a lot of points. Hey, I'm not pulling for Bama. I just think they're going to win. I fucking hate Nick Saban. That dude's a fucking... What he did to LSU is unforgivable for the rest of time. That's fair. I understand you guys maybe not liking them. At this point, I just have money on them, so I'm pulling for him. I, I hope most of all that like Justin Fields is healthy and has a decent game again. And I hope Jalen Waddle plays for him. Yeah, I'm just excited to watch this game. And then I did see something. I don't know if you guys saw this, that... There's a little bit of a COVID concern in Ohio State's facility right now, and they're potentially talking about having to move the game back if the outbreak gets any more severe for the Buckeyes. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. The game might not end up happening on time as scheduled. So we'll see about that. College football playoff committee chief actually did come out and say that they are still planning on having that game on Monday. But, you know, who knows? Half the team does come down with COVID. They might not have a choice. So Mm -hmm. definitely something to keep an eye on. The line has a definite probability to change based on that information. So might be smarter to wait until the game time to make a bet on this one. But yeah, college football playoffs. College football came to a close a little bit too soon. I'll tell you that, man. Just felt like we were right in the thick of things. The next thing you know, the season's over. So one more game this year. No locks for college football this week. And next week, we will definitely give a recap on the entire season uh one of the craziest seasons probably in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. should be interesting uh anything else you guys want to say about college football before we move on go irish
let's let's move on <laughs> it is 2021 now uh happy new year's happy new year guys not happy new year's i hate when people say that it drives me nuts dude same figured it would drive you nuts happy new year's no apostrophe <laughs> but yeah 2021 is now fully in effect it is january 6th like i've said just a quick recap of last year not gonna go way too crazy with this but i did see some stuff that was kind of interesting and um it was a crazy year for sports betting you know it's my first year being able to legally bet uh, within the state of colorado i do frequent traveling to vegas pre-covid so a lot of times i was able to bet on sports but i never really was a big bovada or those offshore sites never really used those but to no one's surprise the most bet teams this past year in college football none other than alabama and nfl the kansas city chiefs and in the nba the los angeles lakers sure enough those are the three teams that won their leagues respectively last season the most bet game of the entire season in 2020 was the chiefs to cover the one and a half point spread in the super bowl zach and i of course were on the 49ers side in that game uh, very very early on in the podcast i believe we talked about watching that one still kind of salty i feel like we should have won you know chiefs coming back in that one you know wasn't that cool but <laughs> favorite sports betting moments from 2020 guys and i'm assuming i know what keith's is but guys do y'all have any uh sports betting moments from 2020 that are very memorable in your mind i think my favorite sports betting moment from 2020 was i'll go ahead and say Devontae smith winning the heisman was was my favorite betting moment of the year just because Anytime you get something at plus a thousand or greater odds, like that's that's definitely a good hit. So it, it is good to see for him. So definitely that's that's probably my favorite sports betting moment, at least off the, off the top. Keith, and I like I said, I already know what yours is, but yeah, you already know it's my very first lock as being a part of this program back when I was a call-in guest analyst, and it, it was the Coastal Carolina University Chanticleers, baby, making me five hundred dollars, putting my lock record at one and zero. You know, I was just beyond overjoyed to have won that bet, but little did I know that I would get in on the ground floor of America's team for college football for this 2020 season. This podcast, we rode out that bandwagon till the very end when they got screwed in their bowl game out of having a perfect season so you know what the shots still the best part of my 2020 football season despite the loss still end great they're my number one team as jack mentioned earlier in the podcast we will have a poll you already know who my number one team is going to be in that poll Notre Dame? no no <laughs> <laughs> Number, that's going to be number two or three, I'd assume. Maybe, maybe a little bit further down. Maybe number 11. <laughs> I do think it's really funny how all of us, you know, definitely never watched a, a Coastal Carolina football game before 2020. So definitely love watching that team now and looking forward to seeing how they end up progressing with uh, that young quarterback that they have. So. Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall for Heisman. Dude, Grayson McCall transferring to LSU in a couple years? Can't wait, baby. Just kidding, obviously. But seriously. That was just such a fun bet, too, just because like it felt like I did have money on that game, too. But with your huge wager, I mean, first off, the fact that it pretty much financed your sports betting for the rest of the year. Really, really cool. Because I know your typical bet size isn't $500. Haven't lost it all yet, so. Still working with that original money, but. Still playing with house money. Always the best kind to do with, you know, vicariously. I, whenever you hit that, I felt really, really good. So a really cool moment. And uh, yeah, definitely brought you along for the podcast. So my favorite sports betting moment from 2020. Was it uh, Le'Veon Bell over a half a touchdown back from episode five that you missed? Because why would on earth would you bet Le'Veon Bell to score a touchdown? Bruh. Bro. 
<laughs> Clearly not. That was a perfect setup for him. Worst revenge game ever. <laughs> Dude, they used him so much less than I had expected this season, but I would probably have to say just the fact that sports betting going legal and, and entering my state of Colorado, you know, right around the NBA bubble time. I mean, that just completely changed the game. I mean, but yeah, probably just the fact that it went legal uh, was really, really cool. Consistently seeing sports betting uh, move into new states. It's good for our portfolios as well. Shout out DraftKings. So that was probably mine or, you know, maybe the fact that we started this podcast. Zach and I just one day randomly thought, hey, let's do a podcast and here we are. <laughs> what about the Dodgers future bet coming through in dire circumstances? Ooh, that was pretty good. Oh, that's that's pretty good, actually. The Dodgers, mm-hmm. I did have Dodgers World Series futures and uh, they were looking kind of shaky multiple times. Yeah, that was a nice one. Should have lost. Those are some clean licks. Dodgers futures parlayed with Lakers futures as well. Don't forget that. Also, man, the first, I know, I know Zach remembers this, this was before the podcast, but the first week of the season, I was live betting every single game in college football. Every game and hit, like every one of them. Dude, I, I think I went 22 for 22, something like that. It was insane. Just crazy shit. Campbell. No, they lost that one, I think. Oh, that was the one that I lost because I did have a little bit on Campbell Moneyline at like plus 880 yeah, yeah. or some shit. But you killed it though. More than made up for it. Mm-hmm. Sure, everyone is very happy that 2020 is over. We are moving into 2020 part two, known as 2021. So ended up being a cool year in sports. Obviously, you know, tons of problems across the world. This isn't the podcast where you'll get that kind of talk, though. So uh, let's see. There was one other thing I wanted to share real quick. One more piece of news. Uh, Some numbers came out, you know, every month. Sports betting numbers for the state of Nevada come out related to the wins and losses. In November, after 50 years of legal sports betting in Nevada, it was the state's most profitable month for the sports book of all time. In that month, bettors lost $61.8 million. $502 million worth of bets were made on football alone, raking in a net $56 million from just that sport. And both of those numbers are records for a one-month period. Considering there is no NBA or NHL in November, it seems like any month with an overlap between all sports has the potential to keep pushing new records. I don't remember traveling to Nevada in November, but I still feel like I contributed to this record. Definitely did my part that month. Also in November, NFL underdogs went 42-28 and against the spread. So that makes sense why Zach fared well on everything but his locks that month. <laughs> yeah, should have been locking them on underdogs, I guess. <laughs> Apparently we got onto that that trend of the underdog segment a little bit too late. But uh, biggest game of the year for the books was the Saints defeating the Bucks 38-3. And a close runner-up was the Patriots upsetting the Ravens earlier in the season 23-17. Vegas still had a reduced capacity and travel to the casinos being limited. This is the first time ever that the state made more money from sports gambling than it did from blackjack in a month. Let me just say this real quick. We aren't financial advisors. And nothing we say in this podcast should be construed as financial advice. Invest at your own risk. But damn. If you're not investing in sports betting sites and casinos, you are fucking up. $60 million just within the state of Nevada. I mean, as more states, like we've said, Iowa, a couple others moving along and uh, adding DraftKings Sportsbook and some other different apps to a large consumer base, a large customer base. Definitely seems like the sky's the limit. And like I did this past weekend, got the stimmy check, got my $800 withdrawn from a couple bets that I hit, and I bought some DraftKings stock. So seems pretty promising. Sports betting is on the rise, and we are trying to capitalize on that with this podcast. So just wanted to share that real quick. Anything you guys want to share at all? Or? Yes, sir. I got nothing. Alrighty, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break real fast before we get into the NFL. We will be right back with some more from the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. 
Alrighty, guys, and we are back. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL uh, before we get into the Super Wild Card Weekend playoff games, which, by the way, is just the stupidest fucking name. I don't know why they had to put Super in that, but let's go over Week 17. Pretty interesting week in football. Some teams with nothing to play for. Some teams trying to vie for the playoffs. Some teams packing it in. Some teams giving up mid-game, it seems. Some teams giving up at the end of the game. There was, Yeah, there was some interesting games, there for sure. Um, Buffalo dominating Miami, winning that game 56-26. Buffalo was actually a three and a half point dog. I guess they were assuming a lot of starters are going to get pulled, but mm-hmm. the Dolphins were eliminated from playoff contention with that loss. One game that we are happy about, but ultimately didn't really matter in terms of playoff seeding. But the New Orleans Saints beat the Carolina Panthers 33 to seven. Zach locked up the Saints in that one. Pretty nice win right there. Saints, unfortunately, like I said, did not get the number one seed considering Zach's Chicago Bears could not pull through and beat the Green Bay Packers. Ultimately lost that game 35 to 16 and the Packers covered the four and a half point spread. So Green Bay locked up the one seed. Saints got number two. And then in my lock, slot for the three seed, Seattle, fucking assholes, win the games 26 to 23 versus the 49ers. And they did not cover the five and a half point spread. That was pretty annoying. They actually weren't covering for most of the game. And then in garbage time, essentially. And sure enough, right back to take away that lock from me, the Niners scored a late touchdown to bring it to a three point lead for the Seahawks. So one and one in the NFL for our locks. Good that Zach could make up for his college football lock unfortunately yeah i was nervous about that too because after i had locked it it was announced that the uh, alvin Kamara was going to be out for the game because he was dealing with covid i'm glad the saints saints did their thing and dominated that game yeah not only was Kamara out but the entire saints running back room was out so they had to elevate former green bay packer wide receiver slash running back ty montgomery as well as rookie notre dame grad tony jones jr from the practice squad so got some nd on the field during the saints game so best of both worlds for me uh, shame on you alvin Kamara. but uh teddy bridgewater came through for us typically a really good quarterback against the spread but you know he had to look out for his old team and let us get that victory quite handily a couple of other kind of interesting games derrick henry broke the 2000 yard mark for his rushing yards for the season and a game that was probably a little bit too close versus the texans they won that game 41 to 38 uh, another kind of crazy game uh zach you want to talk a little bit about the uh brown steelers game yeah, the uh, the kind of a revenge game for Mason Rudolph against Miles Garrett. There was no bad blood in this one, but the Steelers' backups about beat the Browns in Cleveland. And I know Cleveland allowed some fans into that game because it was a big game for their franchise. And ultimately, they did win 24-22, but it was a, kind of a nail-biter towards the end. And the Browns needed to win this game to make the playoffs. So the thing that they pulled out, and they're going to have a rematch now this coming week for the wildcard round. Yeah, I think the result of that Week 17 game probably is going to play into our analysis for that one but uh into the worst division the one that no one cares about but week 17 had the most implications the nfc east the giants won in the earlier game beating the cowboys and they would ultimately move on to the playoffs if the washington football team would lose to the eagles that is going to be our wft game of the week for the nfl washington beating the eagles 20 to 14 eagles were a six and a half point underdog at kickoff so they still came through with that but pulling jalen hurts late in the game essentially throwing it giants fans at absolutely destroyed for that one so that pretty much gave the win to washington you know 
the Eagles. They definitely had a chance to win that one. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous. Why are you going to put Jalen Hurts in and piss off the whole team? So now there's a divide in the locker room. Washington does move on to the playoffs. Uh, the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award is going to Alex Smith for sure. Pretty crazy weekend of games. There was a lot of those games are a lot closer than I expected. I thought the Jets actually were going to do a little bit better versus the Patriots. That one was kind of a blowout, 28 to 14. Adam Gase finally was released from his job. Baltimore won handily versus the Bengals. Green Bay obviously beat the Bears. But some of the games a little bit closer, you know, like Tennessee versus Houston. The Denver versus the Raiders game was actually a really good game. Uh, the Raiders actually won that one 32 to 31. Really, really interesting week of games. And you know, like I said earlier in the episode, good weekend for me. So had some nice props. I had alternate spreads for the Bills. Had Tyler Lockett catching two touchdowns for the Seahawks that came through. That was funny. After the Washington game, a lot of Giants fans and players were really upset at the Eagles seemingly blowing that game unintentionally. But if Washington had lost and the Giants were to have made the playoffs, they would have done so as a 6-10 and team, the first 6-10 and team to make the postseason in NFL history. I get their frustration with the Eagles for seemingly throwing that game, but all y'all had to do is go 500 and y'all would have easily made the playoffs. So there's no real complaining about a trash ass six and ten team not making the playoffs i i understand the frustrations but nobody really wanted to see that anyway so just pack it on and go be quiet somewhere I think it'll lead to some interesting uh, games next season. I'll tell you that. So I'll probably put some money on the Giants whenever they play the Eagles next year. I'll definitely be on that bandwagon way early. It's a horrible idea to bet on the Giants, but you do you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, Zach, any any final opinions on the regular season? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Packers dominated us. I thought we would maybe keep it close because we kind of needed to win this game. Ended up not because the Rams beat the Cardinals for us on the battle of the backups there in that game. But yeah, no, it was it wasn't too bad a weekend overall. Decently in in the NFL, at least on Sunday. So. Well, that is the last weekend of regular season, guys. Week 17, uh, moving into the wild card round of the playoffs. There is seven teams on each side this year, and the Chiefs have the one seed in the bye week in the AFC, and the Packers have the one seed in the bye week in the NFC. So let's go ahead and move into this week's games. Uh, we actually did something a little bit different this week. Thought it would be a kind of a good thought experiment. If we all predicted what the lines would be, that's going to be how we're going to break down the games this week. To open up the slate on Saturday, the Colts play in Buffalo versus the Bills in this game. I predicted that the Bills would be a five and a half point favorite. Zach predicted that they would be a seven point favorite. And Keith predicted they would be a four and a half point favorite. Uh, we were all pretty close to that one. And on DraftKings at open, the Bills were a six and a half point favorite in that game. Over under at 51 currently. So it seems like they're kicking in relatively decent high scoring game. Clearly all three of us are thinking the Bills are going to win this game, guys. Josh Allen, man, I'm really, really high on him. I thought he actually came through and they hadn't pulled him late in that game last week that maybe he would be a little bit more in the MVP conversation. But I don't see the Colts won in this game. People are saying Colts spread probably is a safe bet, but I'm just not feeling that personally. I did consider locking this game, but ultimately it's a little bit closer in terms of the actual line compared to what I expected. So I think maybe it just might be a bet for me, but um, definitely leaning bills in this one. What are you guys expecting for that game? Yeah, I'm also leaning bills. When the bills are on, they look like the best team in the NFL, at least offensively. And they are really coming together at the right time here at the end of the season. I don't really think the Colts have much of a chance in this one, especially if the Bills come out and play the way they have been playing here late in the season. So I'm looking at the Bills in this one as well. 
Yeah, also the Bills are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games. So like you said, they are running pretty hot lately. Colts are 2-3 and three against the spread in their last five, respectively. Over-under numbers, too. The Bills, 3-1-1 and one hitting the over the past five games. Colts only 2-3, and three, but they are probably going to have to score a lot to keep up on this one. So either the Bills score a lot and the Colts can't keep up and the 6.5 is covered, or it's a closer game and they both score a lot. It's my prediction. But speaking of the over in this game, Zach, what are you thinking about it? Yeah, Jack, I, I love the over in this game. A lot of it is because of how good the Bills' offense has been playing. They just put up 56 points against the Dolphins, who the Dolphins needed to win that game, and the Dolphins have a really good secondary. But yeah, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are just lighting people up. And then John Brown's back for the Bills as well. He got a touchdown on Sunday. And I love the Bills' offense right now. I love what they're doing. I think they're going to keep scoring a bunch of points. In the last three games, they've scored 48, 38, and 56. They're on a heater. And I think even if the Colts can't keep up, they're going to be chasing points all game. And that's a bad spot to be in, but it's a good spot for the over. I know the Colts are kind of an up and down team, but the Bills have hit the over in two thirds of their games this year. I really like the over in this game and I'm locking it up. Lock it up, boys. 51 points going for the over for Zach. So he did come through with his NFL lock last week. I actually am kind of liking the Bills just in general. Currently, you can get plus 350 odds for them to win the AFC Championship. And to win the Super Bowl, you can get plus 700 odds. So I am kind of liking those. I don't know how much money I'll bet on them, but I threw a couple dollars on the Bills to win it all at this rate. I think also with teams like the Colts who play indoors, having to come play outside in Buffalo where it's nice and chilly, probably won't do too well for them. So I think we're all, like I said, all already clearly leaning the bills in the second game on saturday we have the rams at seahawks i predicted that the line would be the rams minus three assuming jared goff is coming back sean mcveigh has actually said he will not announce the quarterback of that game until kickoff zach predicted seahawks minus three and keith predicted seahawks minus two and a half at open the seahawks were a four and a half point favorite actually based on just my prediction for this one was thinking about locking up uh rams not just spread but money line i nfc west teams man seahawks last week letting the 49ers beat into most of the game don't think they look very good and i still don't know the guy's name but whoever the backup was for the rams actually played pretty well versus a pretty decent arizona defense so i would not be surprised to see the rams covering this one and this is a game that i was considering locking but i'm definitely leaning the Rams spread uh, what are you guys thinking about this game uh, the backup for the rams is wolford and your man's got some wheels i saw from the highlights uh i predicted seahawks minus two and a half just because it's the nfc west and all of these teams are the exact same trash ass team so i figured just give the home team a field goal and call it a day so i'm not terribly confident one way or the other on this game don't really see myself putting any money on either of these teams and whoever wins this game i think will immediately get drummed out in the next round so let's just get this nfc west stuff over with yeah, I'm probably going to just stay away from this game entirely. I think Jared Goff is going to play, but I don't know how good a shape that thumb is going to be in. And the Seahawks, their defense has started to play better, but the offense has been kind of playing worse. So these two teams played just a couple weeks back and the Seahawks won 20 to 9. So I think that's why I leaned the Seahawks were going to be favored by around a field goal in this game. I probably am just not going to touch this one, to be honest. I could definitely see it going either way. And like you said, the NFC West has been kind of crazy this year. So this is going to be the third time they've faced this year. Each one, one of the games. I don't trust either side to do anything enough to 
bet it on this one. Yeah, I think this could be, for me, one of the games where I think Rams added to a teaser with Ohio State could potentially be interesting. I might have to look more into that later in the week. Regardless, I think it'll probably be a close game either way. And like he said, whoever wins this game is definitely going to bounce in the next round. So final game on Saturday, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Washington football team. I predicted the Bucs would be a nine-point favorite. Zach predicted six and a half points. Keith predicting the Bucs is an eight and a half point favorite. So once again, we're all kind of thinking the same thing. DraftKings actually had the Bucks as a seven and a half point favorite at open. Currently is all the way up to eight and a half. That's going to be one if you want to get in on the Bucks. probably bet it early. Don't really see Washington winning this game. I don't think most people do. They kind of struggled last week versus the Eagles and, you know, could have possibly lost that game if Jalen Hurts had stayed in. Tampa Bay is kind of looking a little bit better over the past couple of weeks. They had a little rough spot in the middle of the season, but they're playing pretty good. Probably think that this is lock worthy, but not one that I quite love as much as some other games. You know? I don't think Washington really has a chance either. Their, their defense is pretty good. So if they can get pressure on Brady with minimum pass rush, you know, not blitzing too many guys, you know, maybe they'll get him to make a couple bad throws, but the Bucks have been on fire lately. And even if Mike Evans can't play this weekend because of his injury, I see no problem for the Bucks winning this game. And I like the possibility of teasing the Bucks down to just like a point or two, just riding that as a teaser leg. So we'll see a little bit closer to game time what I do with this one, but I'm, I'm definitely leaning the Bucks, and I'll, I'll probably have a little bit of on them in some capacity. Yeah, I'm thinking the same as you, Zach. I don't think that the football team has much of a chance in this game, but I am interested to see what the pass rush led by Chase Young has in store for Tom Brady. He doesn't do terribly well against pressure, and I think that's a byproduct of his old age, but I really don't think the Bucs will have much of an issue. I'm sure they'll scheme some kind of way for Brady to get the ball out quickly and or double or triple team Chase Young, and this should be a pretty comfortable win for the Buccaneers, but it'll be fun to, to watch Chase Young in action. Hopefully, he can get some good licks on Tom Brady because we don't like him. Thanks. I think we all three probably can agree on the fact that uh, it's not Washington's defense is the problem. It's just, I just don't think that their offense can really put up enough points to keep up with Tampa defense. But who knows, you know, maybe if they can stop them a couple times, get some turnovers. But yeah, Tampa Bay is getting 73% of the money, 61% of the bets in this game. So it seems like the public is liking Tampa, whereas the Sharps are on Washington. But we will see. Moving on to Sunday, the first game, we are looking at the Ravens at the Titans. In terms of predictions, I thought the Ravens would be a seven point favorite. Zach predicted two and a half points. Keith predicted three and Keith was pretty much bought on as the Ravens were a three and a half point favorite at open and they are actually all the way down to three in some places I'm currently seeing. So this is a game that based on my prediction, I think I have to lock up Ravens. I actually got them at minus three and a half at plus 100 odds. Lock it up boys because that is the game that I'm rolling with this week. Uh, Ravens have looked really, really good as of late. Kind of like the Bills, just the same trajectory. Really, really liking this team right now. Bet percentage wise, pretty much dead on right now. 50-50 but Baltimore is getting 66% of the money in this game. Ravens are 5-0 against the spread in their last five. It's a revenge game for the Ravens. They lost to the Titans last season in the playoffs. After looking really good in the regular season, they kind of crumbled versus them, and I just don't see that happening this year. So I am locking up the Baltimore Ravens at minus 3.5. Should be a good game regardless. Derrick Henry, absolute stud. So I'm expecting a lot of rushing yards from both sides. Jack, I like that lock a lot, and I'm going to tell you on this one for sure. I like the Ravens. They're clicking right now, and the Titans, I don't know what they got. I don't think they're going to make another playoff run like they did last year, just because the defense is so bad. They can't get any sort of pass rush or pressure on quarterbacks, which is a big problem, and if, if you can't get pressure on Lamar Jackson, you're going to have some problems. So I don't see any way that the Titans 
win this game, let alone cover. So yeah, I'm definitely telling you on this one. I like the Ravens a lot here. Yeah, they gave up 38 points in Week 17 to the Texans, who had nothing to play for. So pretty high scoring for an NFL Week 17 game. But talking about high scoring games, I think that might lead into Keith's analysis. Keith, what are you thinking for this game? Speaking of high-scoring games, I'm locking the over this game at 54. Like we've said, Titans defense is pretty much non-existent, and the Ravens last week ran for a franchise single-game record, 404 yards, and they were also just 23 yards shy of the NFL record for a single-game rushing performance, which was set back in 1934. Ravens are firing on all eight cylinders right now. Their offense is coming together at the exact right time, carrying them into the playoffs. I think that trend will continue, especially against tackling down that the Titans are going to put out on defense. And the only way for the Titans to really stay in this game is to score a lot of points. And I think they'll do that. The over should be obliterated pretty easily. A.J. Brown has gone for over 1,000 receiving. Corey Davis is just shy of 1,000 receiving. Ryan Tannehill has found new life here in Tennessee. So really the over-under in this game depends on whether or not the Ravens can shut down the Tennessee offense because Tennessee is not going to do anything on the other side of the ball. So I'm looking for that over to go by the waist side this game should be a high scoring affair but still a comfortable win for the ravens let's come out of this game 2-0 and for our locks hell yeah i like it too actually i was up leaning that as well i do think this is gonna be a high scoring game props aren't out currently but i'm probably gonna be looking at some rushing props on all sides excluding Derrick henry i think a lot of bets are gonna be placed on him but even like ryan Tannehill, if they said his over under for rushing yards at like 12 or something like that i think i'm probably gonna have to look at that i wouldn't be surprised if lamar jackson over 100 something yards is what his uh over under is set at but i think all of those bets are probably pretty safe jk dobbins has looked really good for that team lately pretty much relegated marking up to the bench he didn't get much time last week, so it should be interesting to see if they bring him back in just for some fresh legs. It seems like all of us are definitely leaning the Ravens in this one and a high-scoring game. Two locks for that one, like Keith said. He's finally back, boys. He took a couple weeks off, but 2021, baby. Yeah, I, I like that lock too, Keith. And if you guys want to go an extra step and just parlay your locks together, you can get plus 255 odds right now on DraftKings. Might want to just sprinkle a little bit of money on that too while you're at it. Honestly, I might look at like alternate totals for this game. I mean, if you could get like plus 225 or a little bit better on like a, you know, 60 or 61, something in that range, something still covering a certain number of touchdowns, I think that would probably be a good play too. So I will be looking into those bets a little bit later in the week. Once I see if DraftKings has any sweet promos like they did last week. Moving along into the afternoon game on Sunday, game that I'm sure all of us will be looking forward to. Chicago Bears will be facing off versus the New Orleans Saints. Our predictions for that game were, for me, I had had Saints as a four-point favorite. Zach had the Saints as a six-point favorite. And Keith had Saints as a two-and-a-half-point favorite with the caveat that Alvin Kamara would not be coming back. Actually, was a little bit further along than all of us predicted. Zach was closest on this one, and Saints were a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at open. They're currently a ten-point favorite as of this recording. I think the Saints are going to win, but nine-and-a-half points, man, in a playoff game just seems really, really generous. This might be a trap of the week. Would not surprise me to see the Bears stay in this one. They have a pretty good defense, but we did play pretty good last week yeah i don't i don't like the spread for the saints in this one either i love our team i think we'll come out of this game with the dub but 10 points is too rich for my blood especially as a fan it's a little shaky to put money on the saints like that just money line's not very enticing i kind of have a slight fear that we could lose any playoff game just based on how things have gone but it's not the vikings it is the bears so what are you thinking about this game zach well, I like where you're going with that. I like the skepticism you have in the playoff Saints. And I definitely agree with you guys that 10 points is too rich.
situation. So, in fact, I'm locking this up. I'm taking the Bears plus 10. Give me the points. Like you guys said, I think the Saints are going to win. The Saints are definitely the better team. The Bears, we're not that great. I'll be honest. You know, we're 8-8. Eight eight. We barely got into the playoffs. It's been an up and down year, but we've covered three of the last four. We've won three of the last four. And the Bears and Saints already did play once this year. And that game went to overtime. And the Saints ultimately won 26-23. They got the field going overtime. But we forced overtime. So, I definitely think this is going to be a little bit closer than than a 10-point game. And I think the Bears are going to at least show up for this one. So I like the Saints to win as well. I'm going to lock up the Bears, go with my team this week, and, and see how that plays for me. Lock it up, boys. Zach coming through with his second lock in the NFL. I think that might be a pretty good fade the public situation. Maybe a, another good teaser ad uh, to get him up to like plus 16 and a half or 17. But New Orleans is getting 93% of the money on this game. It seems like a lot of people are really liking them. And uh, we know how those games typically go. So plus 10, lock it up, boys. In the last game on Sunday, to wrap it up, we have the rematch game from week 17. The Cleveland Browns will be playing versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. In that game, I predicted that the Steelers would be a four-point favorite. Zach predicted a three-and-a-half-point favorite for the Steelers, and Keith actually predicted the Browns as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Zach was spot-on with this one. The Steelers opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and that line has actually moved up to six points as of this recording with more COVID problems for the Browns. Actually looks like their head coach will be out for this game, and they will be operating under the special teams coach. So definitely like the Steelers to win this one as well. Browns looked really shaky in Week 17. Over-under is at 46-and-a-half on this one. Wouldn't surprise me to see the under in this one considering the Browns run the ball a lot and the Steelers offense has been kind of stagnant at times. But overall, Browns made the playoffs and I think that's where their journey ends this season. Yeah, I was blinded by my feeling that the Steelers were the worst team in NFL history with whatever their record is at the time. So I just went ahead and picked the Browns to win this game. I also didn't catch the highlights until after I had made this line prediction of the Week 17 matchup between the Steelers B squad and the Browns actually trying to win and barely doing so. If I had known that and probably if I'd taken a more sober look at this, probably would have picked the Steelers to win, but it was, it was fun while it lasted picking the Browns as a one and a half point favorite to uh, to open up. Yes, I don't think Browns have a chance either, especially now that they're going to be playing in Pittsburgh as opposed to in Cleveland last week. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I lean Steelers in this one. I, I'm going to bet the Steelers and I'm excited for the Browns to finally be in the playoffs and their fans. It's a good story. They're definitely trending in the right direction, but they're not there yet. The Steelers think they're going to win this game. No problem. A lot of those guys in that Pittsburgh sideline have been there before and it's going to be new for most of the Browns players and coaching staff. So definitely like the Steelers in this game, but you know, that's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> Six NFL games this weekend. Super wild card weekend they're calling it. Still think that's fucking dumb, but oh yeah, we forgot to mention news for the NFL, I suppose. The Saints versus Bears game will be on Nickelodeon. I don't know exactly why, but I guess they're trying to reach a younger audience for the NFL. The game is going to be simultaneously cast on multiple networks. I uh, thought that was kind of weird, but so be it. All little kids can come Saints fans, so that'll be good, I guess, once they see us dominate the Bears, right? And never mind, never mind. Win by just a few points based on Zach's lock, I should say. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you also don't want to jinx the Saints, you know, by, by saying that. I, I think they've, the NFL's done this one other time this year where they put a game on Nickelodeon as well, and I, I don't know what they're going for. There's no, like, severe injury that just traumatizes a bunch of children. Jesus Christ, why would you speak that into existence? <laughs> saying, I hope that does not happen. It's like saying, uh, be safe on your ride home, you know, and then somebody crashes their car or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
man. Yeah, it should be should be nice and interesting. So that's going to do it for us for our NFL coverage for this week. We got four quality locks for you guys. We're going to win at least at some point all of our locks. So 2021, new year, new us, something like that. Maybe this will be the week. Parlay them all together, guys. But yeah, no college football locks. Let's go ahead and get into the NBA just a little bit. I have not actually had a ton of time to watch basketball lately, considering there was a lot of good football on this weekend. But NBA betting this year, good luck to whoever's out there doing that. You are a lot braver than I am. It's super unpredictable. The Grizzlies are somehow playing better without Jaw. They're playing decent ball with without some of their best guys. We have the Magic who are killing it. The Knicks are above 500 currently. You got the Suns. They're killing it. They're second in the Western Conference right now. There's there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Night in the night out, some big underdog is winning games outright. And it's just a matter of either. If you're going to bet it, it's just kind of getting lucky. Some of this stuff just doesn't really make sense. And then you got other teams like the Raptors, for instance, who are one in five against the spread so far this year. <laughs> exactly. You know, looking for trends like that might be your best bet early on. See mm-hmm. who the public is like and just bet against them. Clippers are five and two against the spread. Sure enough, they lost a game by 50. <laughs> yeah. Sixers five and two as well. When Joel Embiid is in the lineup, that team is really, really good. Teams that I'm liking, especially after the Pelicans had to blow a terrible, terrible game Monday, uh, losing to the Pacers. Pacers are five and two against the spread as well currently. Man, that team's looking really good to me. DeMontis Sabonis, I believe is how you say his name. He's been playing really, really well. Well, I mean, that guy looks like a mini Jokic. Really, really excited to, to bet on that team in the future. I think they're probably going to be a little bit underrated. Like Zach said, Orlando and Phoenix, both also 5-2 and two against the spread. San Antonio surprised a couple people. New York, Cleveland are all. These are all teams that are doing surprisingly well. So probably don't look to bet the Lakers. That's going to be one of my tips. That's going to be a lot of trappy type lines where you're going to think the Lakers are going to win by, you know, somewhere between 5 to 10 points. They end up winning by 2 versus the Grizzlies. They actually looked pretty bad most of the first half. So not as much NBA coverage from us this early in the season, but as football dies down and there are less games to watch, we're going to have to put our TV on something. So keeping it pretty basic this week for the NBA, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I am looking forward to a little bit of futures action. I am looking at futures for most improved player of the year. Christian Wood is getting a lot of attention. Who? <laughs> he said, who? I'm with you. I've heard the name. You don't know who Christian Wood is. You'll uh, you'll know shortly. He plays for the Rockets now. He was uh, actually on the Pelicans for a brief time period, averaging a double-double. I think he's had four double-doubles in a row, scoring over 20 points every game. He's been a good addition for that Rockets team. They needed a big guy. If you haven't heard of him, look for big. But I'm actually looking at futures for a different player. I am really, really loving Julius Randle to potentially win most improved player of the year. I got him at plus 2,600 odds. Seems like the books all have really large discrepancies in terms of futures futures right now for awards like this but Julius Randles looked really really good for that team Knicks fans got to be happy it's not a team that they're looking to instantly rebuild to try to contend for a championship or anything they're just doing things the right way for once doesn't really make sense considering it's the Knicks but I think that's one of the teams that I'm kind of liking I like seeing when Deezus and Mero get hyped up whenever the Knicks cover the spread even when they lose in the east that's a team that I think probably won't make the playoffs but should be interesting to see them upset some teams that people aren't predicting Let's see Miami's actually looked a little bit rough this year seems like uh, Oklahoma City and the Timberwolves are most likely going to be bottom feeders. Not really expecting a whole lot from them. Neither with Charlotte. Lamella Ball is getting all the highlights, but Gordon Hayward's not really playing that good for that team. So Wizards also surprised me. Uh, that team has not played very well. Um, they're two and five so far, and uh, Russell Westbrook been getting all the stat lines, but they have not been winning games. So NBA still early in the year. A lot of stuff can happen. Don't want to look at futures too much for the NBA, considering injuries in basketball seem to 
played a lot of teams, cough, cough, Golden State Warriors, but I digress. So that's all I really have to cover for the NBA this week. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention? I know Keith probably had very little time to watch basketball considering he had very little time to watch football. You are absolutely correct. I followed that Pelicans collapse on GameCast and watched that lead slip away from a 99% win probability to a L. It's about all the NBA exposure I've had of late. It's been just most enjoyable for the NBA thus far for me. Anything else you're thinking, Zach? Repeat that. that yeah, Faden Lakers might be a good call as far as betting purposes right now in game-by-game scenarios. But besides that, going to be watching some more basketball coming up with football dwindling down and looking forward to it. Uh, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Episode 17 in the books. Another classic episode where we give a bunch of predictions that some we will come back looking kind of dumb on next week and some we will hit spot on. So I'm looking forward to that. Just want to say real quick, I did get my job back. Yay! So I'm going back to work. Had a lot more time over the past little weeks to focus on the podcast. We still plan on putting an episode out every week. Like this week, we are going to probably put them out a little bit later now on considering line changes, things of that nature. And no weekday football games, unfortunately. So should be interesting to see how things go from here. If you want to keep up with what we're up to in between episodes, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZNJSB Podcast. We post all of our locks there every week in addition to miscellaneous sports betting content. We're also on the Action Sports app under the same handle at ZNJSB Podcast. Mentioned a number of times in past episodes. We are available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those sweet platforms wherever you can find podcasts. You can listen to ours, guys, and we really do appreciate it if you go out and give us a rating or if you can subscribe. It means a lot to us and we actually do appreciate all the feedback looking at any way we possibly can to get this podcast a little bit more improved every week so don't forget youtube oh yeah don't forget about youtube also on youtube anything else we want to talk about before we close this one up guys no that's about it for me i'm good we're starting off the year four and oh jack's got his job back how stuff is going well sports betting is now legal in iowa let's do this baby let's get it get this money boys all right guys well that's gonna wrap it up for us once again we appreciate it as always for listening i'm zach i'm jack and i'm keith thanks again guys and may all of your bets prosper peace deuces